Hey guys, welcome to the Wannabe Cricket Expert. I'm your host Anand Bhattacharya and today I'll be reviewing India's tour of Sri Lanka alongside previewing Bangladesh versus Australia and the first test between England and India. Firstly, I just want to give a mad shout out to all of our healthcare workers in New South Wales during this lockdown. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Keep it up. To everyone else, please stay safe, stay home and only go out for essentials. We will get through this. Now, firstly, I want to start off with previewing Bangladesh versus Australia five-match T20 series. This series really does mean a lot to me, you know, being born in Australia to um, parents from Bangladesh. I've always looked up, like, you know, looked forward to a Bangladesh versus Australia bilateral series. There hasn't been one since 2017. Bangladesh hasn't visited Australia since 2008 for a bilateral series, so it's always felt like, you know... Cricket Australia have neglected Bangladesh and you can't deny that to be honest to an extent um, so for this series uh, you know it's going to be I really do hope it's a great five match T20 series um, it's been a long time coming you know obviously it was meant to be a two uh, two test match uh, series last year as part of the World Test Championship however obviously COVID and the outbreak that obviously happened in both Bangladesh and Australia, it was just impossible to um, host a test series at that time. Now, who starts favourites? I think, you know, obviously, Australia missing 6K players. Aaron Finch, David Warner, Steve Smith, Glenn Maxwell. That's their top four not playing. Had Marcus Dorney, so that comes to them. That's six very big losses. Bangladesh are missing two very big name players in, or two of their big name players in Tamim Iqbal and Mushfiqur Rahim. But I just don't see Bangladesh not being favourites for this series. I still feel like Australia are the underdogs because they're missing too many big players. Whereas Bangladesh still have Shakib and Mahmoudullah in their squad. You know, do I even need to give an introduction to Shakib? He's an IPL winner, he's playing in the Big Bash, he's playing in the CPL, he's playing in England. You know, he's arguably the second greatest all-round of Asian cricket after Kapil Dev. So, I think that itself says about how good of a player Shakib has been. Mahmoudullah is a very underrated player, the captain of the T20 side. Um, you know, he's played in the CPL. I'm a bit surprised that he hasn't gotten a bid in the IPL because he's a fantastic fielder. He can bat. He doesn't bowl as much anymore, obviously, due to his shoulder injury, but still, he's still a very useful T20 cricketer. Um, but yeah, for me, I think Bangladesh starts favourites for this series. Now, who to watch out for? I think let's start off with the Bangladesh side. Shomu Shokar, I think, is got to be Bangladesh's key batsman for this series. And the reason I say that is he's coming off good form. He's averaging about close to 30 over the past about 18 months in T20 cricket. Um, he's scoring at a striker of over 130 in that period as well. 135, sorry, in that period. Um, you know, and he's, already, he's quite matured a lot as a, a T20 batsman. You know, uh, things such as... Oh, let's go. Let's give an example for the third T20 that uh, happened in Bangladesh and Zimbabwe. He was 37 of 36 in a run chase of 190 plus at one stage, and instead of throwing his wicket away, he accelerated and ultimately ended up scoring 68 of 49 or 50 balls. So he scored a very healthy strike rate in the end. So he caught up with his striker, and that's something where in the past that he hasn't done, where he likes to go all guns blazing from ball one. He doesn't know when to, you know settle down and just keep the scoreboard ticking or things like that 
I really do hope that he continues this form in the series, however. But pitches will also be a key part in terms of that. You know, if we start off with if the wickets in Mirapur or Dhaka uh, start off quite slow and continue to get slower, I do think Shamul will struggle, especially against off-spin. He has had a tendency to struggle against uh, the spinners and slower wickets. Um, another player that I really am looking forward to is Shoriful Islam, left arm. Uh, he was part of the left arm seamer, or a left arm spinner. Sorry. Um, yeah, so left arm seamer was part of the Bangladesh twenty twenty under nineteens winning World Cup campaign. Uh, yeah, he's a fantastic bowler for a young guy. I think he's got loads of potential. He's done well in domestic cricket so far. Had a few rude uh, awakenings in international cricket, but that's going to happen to a young stuff. I think he's going to really look forward to taking on against Australia. One thing that I was really impressed by was when the Harari wicket in the 30-20 was holding up in the latter stages of Zimbabwe's innings. He um, adapted quite well to the surface. He was bowling quite a lot of slower balls, a lot of um, changes of pace, changes of variations, so things like that. He's a very smart bowler, and especially for a 21-year-old, it's important to have game awareness in situations like that. And especially against Australia, you know, when things are down, what are you going to look forward to? What's your stock ball? What's what's your what's the ball that you're going to like? You know, deliver to get wickets. And I think Shorifal has that in him. Tuskin Ahmed, I'm not quite convinced. My as T20 bowler, so I do think, especially and Mustafiz Rahman. As well, I think he's going to play quite a big part. So the two left-arm seamers in the Bangladesh side are going to play quite a big part in this series. I think most of it, I mean, there's nothing really to say about the fizz and slow wickets. You bowl enough cotton, it's going to get you a wicket half the time. It's more on flatter wickets where he's struggled. Now, with someone like Shakib, who I think is going to be another key player. I mean, there's no introduction. I think his T20, his T20 record with the bat isn't that impressive. But with the ball, he's outstanding, and I think he'll continue to, you know, he'll try and take wickets more in the middle overs. He might bowl one over in the power play and then bowl three in the middle overs and, you know, try to really um, choke the Australian uh, batsman with spin. Another player that I'm looking forward to watch is Shamim Hussain. Again, he's a batting all-rounder who bats around six or seven, more known as a finisher. Um, before his T20 international debut, he was scoring at a strike rate in Bangladesh T20 domestic cricket at a strike rate of over about 145 or so. So, you know, very impressive. He's striking at over 200 for Bangladesh right now. He's faced over 20 plus balls in his international T20 career. He's not leg side or offside dominant he can play on both sides of the wicket which is very good for a finisher he is not relying on you know just playing a shot over cover or just slogging over cow corner he likes to play all around the ground and that's very important for a finisher so yeah, those are my five players to watch out for Bangladesh the Shomo Shokar um, Shoriful Islam Mustafi Rahman, Shakib Al Hassan and Shami Hussain so those are my five players to watch out for from the Bangladesh side now onto the Australian side, I just feel that I don't know which batsman's gonna step up. I really don't. Maybe Mitchell Marsh, he's been quite good nick against the West Indians. However, can brute power um can you survive with brute power in Bangladesh conditions? I just don't think you can. Josh Felipe, I really do hope that um he has a good series. He's played spin quite well in the Big Bash on on slightly slower wickets in um 
at the SCG and at Spotless Stadium, where the wickets just held up more in Sydney compared to other wickets around the um, around Australia, like you know Brisbane, Br- uh, Perth, and Hobart. They probably seem and have a bit. They they're a bit more true wickets. Sydney not as much. Um, I think Matthew Wade, his captain, is going to have a lot of responsibility. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. I think in the latter half of the series, Australia are going to struggle a lot with the batting, especially because I think wickets will be slower and, you know, lower, quite inconsistent balance, things like that. We, we might even see a complete rank turnoff on ball one where chasing 110 might be impossible. Um, but I do think if anyone's going to win Australia any games this series, it's going to be the bowlers, you know, your Mitchell Stark, uh, Josh Hazelwood, I think those two, they gotta, they just got to go all out guns blazing, uh, all guns blazing, sorry, in the first four overs of the power play. Just go out, try and get Bangladesh three or four down, and then they use their spin twins of Adam Zampa, Ashton Eka, might even be a spin tr- and play Mitchell Schwepson in there. Um, maybe Tanvir Sanger, who's uh, travelling as a net bowler, might get a debut this series. So yeah, um, I've been quite impressed with Tanvi Sanger in the Big Bash. Obviously, with different set of rules to T Twenty games because of things such as the power surge and stuff like that. I think his stats have been a bit inflated in terms of his economy is probably a bit more than what you would expect in a normal T Twenty game. Um, yeah, so I th- just so I think it's gonna be more the Australian players. Um, I really don't have that many to look out for apart from Mitch Marsh and the Aussie bowlers. Whereas from Bangladesh, you've got a more balanced side and you've got more players in form leading up to this series. So I think the outcome of the series, I think Bangladesh will win. Even though they're missing Mushfikur and Tamim. I, and Luton Das as well. Um, can't leave that out. Luton Das is quite a good T20 cricketer in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think while Bangladesh will miss those that trio... They still got a lot of experience in that T20 side, and I think especially which any side that has Shakib, any Bangladesh side that has Shakib, it boosts the morale of the team. And I think Bangladesh will end up winning this series either three two or four one. I just can't see it. See, uh, um, Bangladesh winning five nil or it being a Bangladesh is just too hard. They'll have to, be, and especially in a game like T20s, it's it's very difficult to do something like that. So yeah, so Bangladesh vs Australia five match T20 series. It starts on the. Th- 3rd of August, unless I am incorrect, I think 3rd of August, 6pm Bangladesh time, 10pm Sydney time, cannot wait to be staying up till 2am for 5 nights in 7 days, I think, that's how long that series goes for, I think it's 3rd, 4th, and then 6th, 7th, and then 9th are the dates of the 5 T20s. Now on to India versus Sri Lanka, or oh, sorry, Sri Lanka versus India, because obviously Sri Lanka were the hosts. Um, India won the ODI series 2-1, Sri Lanka won the T20 series um, 2-1, quite an evenly matched series in both um, formats. Now obviously India was struck with a positive case in this squad with Kunal Pandya testing positive, I hope he recovers soon. And now obviously after the T20 series ended, Yusvendra Chahal and Krishna Pagotam also tested positive to COVID. So hopefully those two also recover soon. So that's going to be quite interesting as to, um, yeah, hopefully those three recover soon. Obviously, (coughs) India had to play with only five frontline batsmen for the T20 series for the second and third T20. 
and unsurprisingly they struggled with the bat so um yeah i think the players that impressed for me in the series, I think, let's start for the Indian side. Surya Kumar Yadav, the way that he plays spin is outstanding, man. I mean, I haven't seen an Indian player play spin that confidently since Sachin Tendulkar. And I'm being, I haven't, like, I'm being brutally honest. The way that he plays wrist spin and the way that he comes down the wicket, plays shots over extra cover, goes inside out, sweeps, goes down the ground, he, you know, he loves, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, I mean, it's just outstanding the way that he plays spin, and he, how confident he is in playing spin, um, yeah, uh, also known as Sky, I think Sky has been absolutely outstanding for India before he had to go into isolation, and he's gonna have a great white ball career for India, I think, another, the two cousins, Deepak and Rahul Chaha, they both impressed me, Deepak more with the bat than the ball. I wasn't quite convinced with him in the ODI series. He was he was bowling in the mid 120s or so, and he was very military medium. Like he's not. What do I say? Like if you look at for for a guy who's bowling military medium, I think he's got to add something to his game, and that's his batting. And I do think he needs to continue working on his batting to remain in contention with the Indian side. Whereas if you look at someone like uh, Colin de Grandom in the New Zealand side, he's also a military medium pacer with the ball, but he's a great finisher for New Zealand with the bat. So that's why he still remains with the New Zealand ODI side. Uh, Deepak Chah was absolutely outstanding in the second ODI for me with the bat. Uh, I think he scored what sixty odd off eighty two balls i think it was 68 or 69 not out of 82 balls as india won a through lane the second odi um rahul chahar was outstanding with the ball i think both in the one day and t20 series with the chances that he got he's an outstanding leg spinner um however i think if he is to remain with the side i just want him to work on his batting a little bit more as well i th I, I don't think india will want a spinner who can hardly bat in their white ball sides as hard, hardly any of their seamers can bat <coughs> so they'll want a spinner who can hold a bat at least just for a little bit you know hang around for about five to ten overs and score at a striker of around 70 or so at least just to keep the scoreboard ticking and things like that um one last guy that also really impressed me was Varun Chakravarti I think what a, what a story he's had I mean he came he quit cricket to become an architect after architecture, he goes, screw this, I'm going to try cricket again. Made it to the Tamil Nadu Premier League, made a name for himself, but made his IPL debut, didn't do that well. Was outstanding in last year's edition of 2020 IPL. Was good up until this year, you know, um, before IPL got cancelled. Oh, sorry, not cancelled, postponed. Yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding in the three games. He wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't. 100% great figures, but an economy of what? I think it's 5.3 or so in three T20 games. It's quite impressive. Um, obviously, he's a mystery spinner. India haven't hasn't had a mystery spinner play for them in the past, so it's going to be quite interesting to see how they handle him because obviously mystery spinners do get worked out after quite a few games. So I do think play him in, the, in this year and next year's T20 World Cup and then just don't play him again, in my opinion, because otherwise it's just going to get found out it's going to be absolute. His his confidence is going to be shot or some something like that. Or he because he's just got to continue evolving with the way that the modern day uh, white ball game goes on. 
So yeah, those were the, my four Indian players that really impressed me. For Sri Lanka, I think the standout for me was Wanindu Hasaranga, both with, um, you know, he's a really good long roller bat. There's something about him when, when he, he shows intent with the way that he bats. Um, when he's bowling, outstanding. I think his googlies are very high. I think you've got to play him like a batsman who played Rashid Khan, a right-hander would play Rashid Khan, play for the googly. And if it spins away, then I guess you at least you're not getting LBW. Your only chance of getting um, dismissed is caught if you're playing. If you're not, um, if you're playing for the googly and it spins away with the traditional leg spin, he's gonna be. He's a very good white ball bowler, and he's only 24, so I think he's still got. He's honestly, and the way that cricketers and how fit they are nowadays, a lot of them can play white ball cricket at least up until in their 40s, so I do think Hasarang has still got another 10 to 15 years of international cricket left in him, provided he doesn't get injured and stuff like that, so I think he's, he's a wonderful player. Um, Chamika Karanaratna showed some fight, uh, Asalanka showed some fight, Dushman, uh, Dushmanta Chamira looked quite good at times, um, but yeah, so about those are my players that um, really impressed for me. Now, Back onto the Indian side. Now, obviously, nowadays, during a pandemic, we see bowlers or net bowlers traveling with the squad as reserves because, obviously, due to quarantine and biosecurity measures, you can't fly someone in straight away. <coughs> now, I think one mistake that India did was not taking net batsmen in terms of, you know, uh, players that... So if we have net bowlers, why can't we have... I think India should have also taken net batsmen so that, you know, with the situation that happened with Kunal Pandya testing positive, maybe those net batsmen could have come in for the remainder of the T20 series. And India's balance for the last two T20s wouldn't have been so sh shook because it was crazy seeing a guy like Bhuvneshwar Kumar who's hardly batted above number eight, suddenly batting at six, called the Piyadav at number seven. I mean, it was an absolute... It's an absolute shocker. And, and, you know, I think in the future, BCCI have got to make sure. Maybe someone like Deepak Huda or even a Mandeep Singh. I think Mandeep Singh, who hasn't played a T20 international, I think, since 2016 or 17. Or hasn't been in a T20 squad, Indian T20 squad since 2017, at least. Just some guys as net batsmen with experience could have flown in, um, flown to Sri Lanka with the Indian squad. So, yeah, um, I do think after this Sri Lanka series, the careers for a few of the Indian players is over. And I'll start off, and I think three main players, I think I'll start off with one whose career is, Indian career is 50-50, and that's Navdeep Saini. He hasn't really convinced me as a bowler. I really do wish that with the pace. He has potential, but he just hasn't shown anything so far. It's it's quite a tough one as to do you give him one final chance on like you know really fast wickets because he hasn't still bowled on a single fast wicket with pace or bounce. He's bowled on quite flat wickets in his career so far. But the question is, where are those fast wickets? Only in South Africa, and I don't know how many ODIs or T20s India are playing in South Africa. You know, does Sony go back? to playing domestic cricket for a bit and um, force his way back into Indian squad but I think for him right now I don't think he's good enough to make 
a white ball squad for India as of now. Uh, I think Manish Pandey's India career is over. It's a real shame for me to say this. I really did like Manish Pandey. I think he's been outstanding for Karnataka as a batsman. Um, every single time, he's an outstanding leader. He's won, he's won trophies for Karnataka as, as a skipper. He keeps on churning up the runs. But for some reason, at international cricket, he looks completely different. I don't know what's happened. He was, I mean, when he scored the IPL century, and mind you, I'm not hyping up as only IPL as the only performance uh, factor to get into the Indian team. But when he scored that century <coughs> in 2009 in, uh can't remember which South African ground, I think it was Centurion or Durban, one of those two. When he scored that century against uh, Deccan Chargers in 2009, he was high, high, more like as highly rated as Virat Kohli. <coughs> and for some reason, his international career just never got going. But I do think he should have been backed more properly in 2016 and 17 rather than chopping and changing every two, you know, games, which I think was unfair. Uh, Kuldeep Yadav, I think his career is over. I, I, I'm, I just haven't seen any improvements in his bowling whatsoever. He was struggling against quite a brutal Sri Lankan lineup, to be honest. He wasn't looking that threatening, apart from maybe one or two overs. So I think his career is over unless he has an outstanding domestic season coming up. And he's not getting any game time with Kolkata Knight Riders because of Chakravarti. So I don't see any chances to how he makes the T20 World Cup squad. Now, another player who I think should... And this may sound harsh, but a guy who should never play international cricket for India ever again is Sanju Samson. I have never seen such an overhyped player ever come out. This talk of a player having a lot of talent really means nothing. If you cannot back it up with consistent performances for Kerala in Ranji Trophy in List A cricket or for Rajasthan Royals in the IPL, Sanju Samson has hardly have ever had a consistent season. It's always one or two good innings and then disappear for the rest of the season. So I don't know why Rahul Dravid keeps on rating him as a player. He has never impressed for me and he and he honestly and I just don't see how um you know, how he's going to force his way back into the Indian squad. I think Ravi Shastri's going to have, and the BCCI selectors have got to have real talk with Dravin and get over this obsession with Sanju Samson, you know, getting games for India A in the first place, let alone playing for India ever again. So, yeah, that was my, you know, sort of review of India versus Sri Lanka and my takeaways from it. Now, on to the India-England first test. Now, firstly, obviously, some breaking news from last night that I woke up to today in the morning is that Ben Stokes is taking a break, an indefinite break for cricket, um, which is quite sad, but obviously mental health does matter a lot. Um, so, yeah, Stokes, you know, I've, I have slipped him quite a few times. But, uh, yeah, I do really hope he gets better, um, and he does come back in time for the Ashes. It isn't easy playing cricket during a pandemic throughout this whole bubble life. Uh, ultimately, these are sacrifices that players have got to make. However, it's also very understandable for them to pull out. Because mental health, because your mental health matters most. And I think that should be normalised rather than stigmatised. And good on Stokes for doing this and I really do hope he gets back to the cricket world uh, field soon now so obviously a few Indian players have been ruled out for the series Shubman Gill 
Avesh Khan and Washington Sunda. Those three have been ruled out. Um, as far as I know, Sunda is on a flight back to India. I'm not sure about Avesh Khan, whether he's staying with the Indian side. But uh, Shubman Gill's already back in his hometown of Punjab. So, Surya Kumar Yadav, so Sky and Prithvi Shaw are flying to England. I think they either flew in to England last night or they're flying in today. Or they have to go under 10 days of isolation. Now, personally, I with Prithvi, I get, okay, he's an outst- he, he's been outstanding in Ranji Trophy. He's too good of a player in Ranji Trophy. Um, he's done okay for India A. Yeah, he's got. I know he scored a century for West Indies A, eh? um, but he can't go straight back into the Indian side. I think it, you've got to have an order, and I think that order is going to be Mayank Agarwal, Rohit Sharma, and then Abhimanyu Ishwaran as the backup opener, the first backup opener, and then Prithvi Shaw as the second backup opener. If Prithvi Shaw overtakes Ishwaran in that uh, order. I will be fuming, honestly. Then I think the what the, then what the f was the point of taking Ishwaran into the squad um, as a net batsman? Then there was no point in adding him to the main squad. Uh, Sky, Sky is a real iffy one. I I really don't understand why Sky is going to England, where he's going to be facing the Duke's ball against English Sheeners on gr- mostly green tops. I think. That is quite unfair. And there are two other players that should have both been added as replacements of Avesh and Sunda over Sky. And these are two cricketers from Tamil Nadu that are really do great in Red Bull cricket. Now the first one is Baba Indrajit. He averages about 50 in first class cricket. So his numbers in Ranji Trophy are for Tamil Nadu. He averages 47.67 with the bat in Drundry Trophy and in the Leap Trophy that is quite well known to Indian fans which is played at a much higher level than the Ranji Trophy in Red Bull Cricket. He averages 87.2 in 7 innings. Scored 436 runs and an average of 87.2. I do find it baffling that he has never made the Indian squad. And especially... Especially in a place like England, you need some Red Bull specialists. Baba Indrajit is a very good Red Bull player, and he should have 100% gone to England over uh, Sky. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, another player that I think should have also been added is Vijay Shankar. People will go on about me about, oh, he's a 3D player, he's overrated. Shut up, he's a brilliant Red Bull player. Now, with Tamil Nadu, he averages 43 with the bat. And for India A, he averages 50.9 with the bat. So, he's a very reliable Red Bull batsman. He averages 53 with the ball, which obviously isn't outstanding. But, he's bowling on dead wickets in Chennai as a medium pacer. Of course, he's going to average that high. He bowls in the mid-120s with a ball that doesn't even swing. Of course, he's going to be rubbish. He's a batsman who bowls a bit. And I think in England, he, he, I think he bowls at a similar pace to Colin de Grondom. And I think he would have found at least a bit of swing. And I think India have made a big mistake by not taking at least Shankar to the um, squad to tour England. Um, I think he's a brilliant Red Bull player and he 100%. Especially with Hardik Pandya not being able to ball right now. I don't think Pandya is good enough to make the test squad as a batsman solely, but um, Vijay Shankar is. 
And I think it is time selectors recall Shankar at some time, at least for test cricket. Um, so obviously, so those are my thoughts on the India squad. Now, to the English squad, they obviously named uh, a squad, I think, for the first two tests. Craig Overton has replaced Ben Stokes in the squad um, after Stokes took th has decided to take a break. One real surprise for me is the fact that Dom Bess is being persisted over Matt Parkinson. I'm really surprised by that. Parkinson is an outstanding bowler. He's got he bowls with good revs. People will say he bowls too slow, things like that. He tries to spin the ball. If 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 trying to spin the ball is a problem as a spinner, then what is the point of you know of Parkinson playing any games as well? The point of a spinner is to spin the ball, not to bowl 100 kilometers. Parkinson's Parkinson's strength is bowling as slow as possible. Obviously, it's a very similar um, trajectory to Shane Warne. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just comparing their trajectory and how they bowl. Just their bowling styles. I'm not comparing the bowls at all. The bowling styles are very similar. Is that they like to lure the batsman into flight with flight. If you look, have, have a look at Parkinson's first class record. He is 10 times better than Dom Bess. Dom Bess has never looked convincing to me. I know he's got a few five wicket hauls, but that was some of the worst five wicket hauls ever. He was bowling he's bowling half fall, he's bowling full tosses. He knows himself that he was lucky to get a few five wicket hauls. You know, I think I, I, I do hate this, especially in Test cricket, that Bess is being chosen over Parkinson because he can bat, which I feel is quite unfair. Another player that I'm not really a big fan of in the squad is Zach Crawley, I think. And Mark Wall said this on the on the Fox Cricket um, pre-Ashes uh, pre preview that they've been doing over the past month or so. I just don't... He, he says, Crawley looks good, I think, or something like that. I call rubbish on that. In Test Cricket, it doesn't matter how much of a player, how good you look as a player, if you're not scoring runs. Crawley, apart from his 267... I haven't got the exact stats, but he's, I'm pretty sure it's something like he's averaging under 20 in Test cricket if you take out his 267 against Pakistan. That is nowhere near good enough to be playing Test cricket. And I do think he needs to be dropped at some time. Um, I do think Hasib Hamid uh, being recalled is a great thing, and I do hope that um, he gets to play a Test again, if not at least remain in the test squad for the latter half of the series in the third to fifth test and finally what I think India's 11 will be at Nottingham I think the 11 will be openers Rohit Sharma and Maya Gagarwal at number three is the interesting one I think at three they're gonna go with Hanuma Vihari. I don't know why. I just feel like Pujara is going to be dropped and they're going to give Vihari a fair go at number three. I just feel Vihari's <coughs> style of play suits him at three. And now that it's the latter half of the English season where wickets are a bit better to battle compared to, you know, April and May where it's absolutely impossible, I think he'll get a fair go at three. Kohli at four. Or maybe those two get switched. Vihari at four and Kohli. You know, he'd like to take responsibility in bat at three. Number five will be Ajinkya Rahane. At number six, I think after he scored 100 in against that county 11, I think K.O. Rahul will bat at six. Mm, which I'm a bit iffy about of him playing against the swing ball. But yeah, hopefully the middle order brings the best out of him rather than him opening the batting again, which I'm not a big fan of. 
Uh, Richard Punt will come back. Obviously, it depends on how he's how he is mentally and health, uh, you know, health wise after recovering from COVID, because maybe he might have long COVID and the symptoms of long COVID and stuff like that. Um, and I think the f- and then so that's your top six plus your keeper in punt. I don't think Jadeja plays. I think Ashwin will be batting at eight, and then the three Siemens will be Ishant, Shami, and Bumrah. I think you got. And I think I think that's their best four-man bowling attack. Obviously, after uh, maybe if that doesn't work out, maybe Mohammed Siraj and Umesh Yadav will get a game. Maybe Umesh Yadav even plays the first test because he was outstanding. I think he had like three for twenty-three after fifteen overs. Didn't bowl a single wide or a single no ball uh, in that uh, tour game. So yeah, it really does depend on them. Um, Nottingham, I think, does give India a chance. They've won. They won in two thousand seven. There, they won in twenty eighteen. There, and I think the loss of Ben Stokes will be tough. I think. I think that now changes the balance of the English lineup for the first test. I think it's going to be a thriller. I think we're going to see a very close, tight knit test match, where um, an all rounder like Sam Curran might change the game again. Just like he did in Birmingham, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's too close to call for the first test, at least. Um, that's about it for this week, guys. I really do hope you enjoyed this first episode. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to be doing this podcast on a weekly basis. I really do hope you guys enjoyed this. And take care. May the best teams win in Bangladesh versus Australia and India versus Sri Lanka. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Cricket Expert. I'm your host, Anna Paracharya. Once again, just another quick shout out to our healthcare workers who are giving it their all during this lockdown on New South Wales, Victoria, and obviously now in New Zealand. You know, you guys are our true heroes. Please keep it up. We'll get through this. Now, first, I wanted to get through what was an absolute thriller of a test between Pakistan and West Indies, um, where the West Indies won by one wicket. So... In the first innings, um, Jaden Seals, Kima Roach, and Jason Holder were just bowling outstanding um, against Pakistan in the, uh, in the first test in Jamaica. Um, a few starts in the Pakistan 11. Baba Razam got to 30, the Pakistani skipper, but uh, Fawad Alam scored a quality 56. Fahim Ashraf scoring a crucial 44 to take Pakistan 217 all out. And then... West Indies uh, bat first, they were in a bit of trouble, they were 3 for 50 and then 4 for 100 with only Craig Brathwaite starting to continue his start, oh, sorry not 4 for 100, they went to 5 for 100 as well so they were under quite a bit of trouble but then uh, current skipper Craig Brathwaite and the old skipper Jason Holder, they both scored half centuries, Jason Holder against 58, uh, Craig Brathwaite was run out for 97 and the West Indies got a slight lead of 36 runs with Shaheen Shah Freedy taking 4 wickets and Mohamed Abbas absolute class bowler took 3 wickets so um, after the end of the first innings West Indies had a lead of 36 runs after that Pakistan Baba got scored a quality 55 it was a very patient 55 uh, he Faced over 150 balls for his half century. No one else really got going. Mohammed Rizwan got a 30. Um, Abid Ali got 34. There weren't many big scores. Hassan Ali scored a crucial 28 um, to take 
Pakistan 203 all out, which meant West Indies would have to chase down uh, 168. Uh, obviously, from the West Indian side of the bowling, Jaden Seals took 5 for 55 in the second innings. Um, he's a real talent of a bowler, and I'll uh, get get on to that once I go through the West Indies second innings. So obviously in the West Indies second innings, they were in huge trouble at 3 for 66 after uh, Bonner departed. And from there on, Roston Chase and Jermaine Blackwood, they kept on just pushing and pushing. Blackwood scored um, a quick-firing 55, scoring over 32% of West Indies runs. But they're in deep trouble at 7 for 114 when Jason Holder went. And then Joshua De Silva departed uh, for 13 uh, with the West Indies at 8 for 142. And then obviously they went to 9 for 141. But Kemar Roach, he held his call and scored 13 not out to take West Indies to a one-wicket victory. I mean, this is what Test Cricket is all about. It was an absolutely outstanding game. Um, you know, I didn't watch much of it live, but from the highlights, it was absolute high-quality cricket. And this is despite a few delays where there was rain. I think bad light also came into play and stuff like that. But um, a quick shout-out to Jaden Seals. Took eight wickets in the game, so rightfully uh, deserved player of the match. Um, Fahad Alam was impressive. Baba got uh, scored in both um, innings. Fahim Ashraf, he, he's becoming a very handy bowler. For Pakistani in a test cricket, so in a bowler all rounder, he's becoming a very handy all rounder. So, obviously, West Indies got some crucial uh, points for the World Test Championship um, for the 2021 20, to 23 cycle. Um, and yeah, uh, Shaheen Afridi, he was real class for Pakistan with the ball, took four wickets. Um, Mohammad Abbas was good, Hassan Ali impressed in the second innings. So, uh, Fahim Ashraf, probably my standout player for Pakistan, scored 64 runs in arm cross two innings and took three wickets. Probably would have liked a wicket or two more if I'm being a bit harsh, but yeah, it is what it is. Yassi Shah, he had a very low key test match, 16 overs, no wickets throughout two innings, and only scoring a. He only scored four runs across two innings, so. He didn't have a great day. Obviously, now with the second test, um, Pakistan were in a bit of trouble after uh, sent into that first with Abidabi Lee and Imran Bhatt and Azhar Ali all sent back in the first four overs. Well, Pakistan were three for two. Kemal Roach and Jaden Seal was absolutely going nuts. Uh, Barbara Azam and Fawad Alam, they both scored half centuries with Alam retired hurt on 76 not out. Uh, Barbara Azam got out for 75, Kemar Roach taking 3 wickets. Pakistan currently 212 for 4. Uh, that was on Stumps Day 1 and then uh, yesterday, Day 2, we got completely washed out. So as of now, um, Pakistan will be trying to push for a win. I think West Indies bowled well from what I saw. Again, it's very tough to watch West Indian tests from Sydney, even in lockdown with the massive, crazy time differences. But uh, from what I've seen... It's been quite a disciplined bowling from West Indies, but it's been good batting after the first four overs from Pakistan. Um, I think Fawad Alam, what a player. He keeps on scoring runs when Pakistan are in trouble. And you really got to think, WTF is wrong with Inzamamul Haq and all the past Pakistan selectors who did not... Um, Recall Fawad Alam, I think it was dropped in 2010 or 2011. 
uh, from the Pakistan test side and he would have to wait for over uh, I think it was dropped in 2009 sorry I think it was dropped in 2009 when they went to New Zealand since then he had to, he had to wait for over 10 years to get recalled he is currently what 34 35 I think he's 35 years old and 318 days as of uh, current recording and it's absolute crazy that he hasn't um, you know played more test matches Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Cricket Expert. I'm your host, Anna Paracharya. Once again, just another quick shout out to our healthcare workers who are giving it their all during this lockdown on New South Wales, Victoria, and obviously now in New Zealand. You know, you guys are our true heroes. Please keep it up. We'll get through this. Now, first, I wanted to get through what was an absolute thriller of a test between Pakistan and West Indies, um, where the West Indies won by one wicket. So... In the first innings, um, Jaden Seals, Kemar Roach, and Jason Holder were just bowling outstanding um, against Pakistan in the uh, in the first test in Jamaica. Um, a few starts in the Pakistan eleven. Babar Azam got to thirty, the Pakistani skipper, but uh, Fawaz Alam scored a quality fifty-six. Fahim Ashraf scoring a crucial forty-four to take Pakistan two hundred seventeen all out, and then. West Indies uh, bat first, they were in a bit of trouble, they were 3 for 50 and then 4 for 100 with only Craig Brathwaite starting to continue his start, oh, sorry not 4 for 100, they went to 5 for 100 as well so they were under quite a bit of trouble but then uh, current skipper Craig Brathwaite and the old skipper Jason Holder, they both scored half centuries, Jason Holder gained to 58, uh, Craig Brathwaite was run out for 97 and the West Indies got a slight lead of 36 runs with Shaheen Shah Afridi taking 4 wickets and Mohamed Abbas, absolute class bowler, took 3 wickets. So um, after the end of the first innings, West Indies had a lead of 36 runs. After that, Pakistan, Baba got scored a quality 55. It was a very patient 55. Uh, he... Faced over 150 balls for his half century. No one else really got going. Mohamed Rizwan got a 30. Um, Abid Ali got 34. There weren't many big scores. Hassan Ali scored a crucial 28 um, to take Pakistan to 203 all out, which meant West Indies would have to chase down uh, 168. Uh, obviously, from the West Indian side of the bowling, Jaden Seals took 5 for 55 in the second innings. Um, he's a real talent of a bowler, and I'll uh, get get onto that once I go through the West Indies second innings. So obviously in the West Indies second innings, they were in huge trouble at three for sixty-six after uh, Bonner departed, and from there on, Roston Chase and Jermaine Blackwood they kept on just pushing and pushing. Blackwood scored um, a quick firing fifty-five, scoring over thirty-two percent of West Indies runs. But they're in deep trouble at 7 for 114 when Jason Holder went. And then Joshua De Silva departed uh, for 13 uh, with the West Indies at 8 for 142. And then obviously they went to 9 for 141. But Kemar Roach, he held his call and scored 13 not out to take West Indies to a one-wicket victory. I mean, this is what Test Cricket is all about. It was an absolutely outstanding game. Um, you know, I didn't watch much of it live, but from the highlights, it was absolute high-quality cricket. And this is despite a few delays where there was rain. I think bad light also came into play and stuff like that. 
But um, a quick shout out to Jaden Seals. Took eight wickets in the game, so rightfully uh, deserved player of the match. Um, Fahad Alam was impressive. Baba got a score in both um, innings. Fahim Ashraf, he, he's becoming a very handy bowler for Pakistani in uh, test cricket. So, I'm not bowler all-rounder. He's becoming a very handy all-rounder. So, obviously, West Indies got some crucial uh, points for the World Test Championship um, for the 2021-23 cycle. Um, and yeah, uh, Shaheen Afridi, he was real class for Pakistan with the ball, took four wickets. Um, Mohammad Abbas was good, Hassan Ali impressed in the second innings. So, uh, Fahim Ashraf, probably my standout player for Pakistan, scored 64 runs in arm across two innings and took three wickets. Probably would have liked a wicket or two more if I'm being a bit harsh, but yeah, it is what it is. Yassi Shah, he had a very low-key test match 16 overs no wickets throughout two innings and only scoring a he only scored four runs across two innings so he didn't have a great day obviously now with the second test um pakistan won a bit of trouble after uh sent into that first with abhi and imran but and azarali all sent back in the first four overs where pakistan were three for two Kemal Roach and Jaden Seal was absolutely going nuts. Uh, Barbara Azam and Fawad Alam, they both scored half centuries with Alam retired, hurt on 76, not out. Uh, Barbara Azam got out for 75, Kemal Roach taking three wickets. Pakistan currently 212 for four. Uh, that was on stumps day one and then uh, yesterday, day two, we got completely washed out. So as of now, uh, Pakistan will be trying to push for a win. I think West Indies bowled well from what I saw. Again, it's very tough to watch West Indian tests from Sydney, even in lockdown with the massive, crazy time differences. But uh, from what I've seen, it's been quite a disciplined bowling from West Indies, but it's been good batting after the first four overs from Pakistan. Um, I think Fawad Alam, what a player. He keeps on scoring runs when Pakistan are in trouble. And... You really got to think, WTF is wrong with Inzamamul Haq and all the past Pakistan selectors who did not um, recall Fawad Alam. I think it was dropped in 2010 or 2011 uh, from the Pakistan test side and he would have to wait for over, uh, I think it was dropped in 2009, sorry. I think it was dropped in 2009 when they went to New Zealand. Since then, he had, to, he had to wait for over 10 years to get recalled. He is currently, what, 34, 35, I think. He's 35 years old and 318 days as of uh, current recording. And it's absolute crazy that he hasn't, um, you know, played more test matches. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Cricket Expert. I'm your host, Anna Paracharya. Once again, just another quick shout out to our healthcare workers who are giving it their all during this lockdown on New South Wales, Victoria, and obviously now in New Zealand. You know, you guys are our true heroes. Please keep it up. We'll get through this. Now, first, I wanted to get through what was an absolute thriller of a test between Pakistan and West Indies, um, where the West Indies won by one wicket. So... In the first innings, um, Jaden Seals, Kemal Roach and Jason Holder were just bowling outstanding um, against Pakistan in the, uh, in the first test in Jamaica. 
Um, a few starts in the Pakistan 11. Babur Azam got to 30, the Pakistani skipper, but uh, Fawad Alam scored a quality 56 for him, Ashraf, scoring a crucial 44 to take Pakistan 217 all out. And then West Indies, uh, bat first, they were in a bit of trouble. They were 3 for 50 and then 4 for 100 with only Craig Brathwaite starting to continue his start. Oh, sorry, not 4 for 100. They went to 5 for 100 as well, so they're under quite a bit of trouble, but then... Uh, current skipper Craig Brathwaite and the old skipper Jason Holder, they both scored half centuries. Jason Holder gained to 58. Uh, Craig Brathwaite was run out for 97 and the West Indies got a slight lead of 36 runs with Shane Shah Freedy taking four wickets and Mohamed Abbas, absolute class bowler, took three wickets. So um, after the end of the first innings, West Indies had a lead of 36 runs. After that, Pakistan... Baba got scored a quality 55. It was a very patient 55. Uh, he faced over 150 balls for his half century. No one else really got going. Mohammed Rizwan got a 30. Um, Abid Ali got 34. There weren't many big scores. Hassan Ali scored a crucial 28 um, to take Pakistan to 203 all out, which meant West Indies would have to chase down uh, 168. Uh, obviously, from the West Indian side of the bowling, Jaden Seals took 5 for 55 in the second innings. Um, he's a real talent of a bowler, and I'll uh, get, get on to that once I go through the West Indies second innings. So, obviously, in the West Indian second innings, they were in huge trouble at 3 for 66 after uh, Bonner departed. And from there on, Roston Chase and Jermaine Blackwood, they kept on just pushing and pushing. Blackwood scored um, a quick-firing... 55 scoring over 32 percent of West Indies runs, but they're in deep trouble at 7 for 114 when Jason Holder went, and then Joshua De Silva departed uh, for 13 uh, with the West Indies at 8 for 142, and then obviously they went to 9 for 141. But Kima Roach he held his call and scored 13 not out to take West Indies to a one wicket victory. I mean, this is what Test cricket is all about. It was an absolutely outstanding game. Um, you know, I didn't watch much of it live, but from the highlights, it was absolute high-quality cricket. And this is despite a few delays where there was rain. I think bad light also came into play and stuff like that. But um, a quick shout-out to Jaden Seals. Took eight wickets in the game, so rightfully uh, deserved player of the match. Um, Fahad Alam was impressive. Baba got a score in both um, innings. Fahim Ashraf, he, he's becoming a very handy bowler. For Pakistan in uh, Test cricket, so in a bowler all rounder, he's becoming a very handy all rounder. So obviously, West Indies got some crucial uh, points for the World Test Championship um, for the 2021 to 23 cycle. Um, and yeah, uh, Shaheen Afridi, he was real class for Pakistan with the ball, took four wickets. Um, Mohammad Abbas was good. Hassan Ali impressed in the second innings. So, uh, Fahim Ashraf, probably my standout player for Pakistan, scored 64 runs in arm cross two innings and took three wickets. Probably would have liked a wicket or two more, if I'm being a bit harsh, but yeah, it is what it is. Yassi Shah, he had a very low-key test match, 16 overs, no wickets throughout two innings, and only scoring a... He only scored four runs across two innings, so... He didn't have a great day. Obviously, now with the second test, um, 
Pakistan were in a bit of trouble after uh, ascending to that first, with Abidabili and Imran Bhatt and Azrali all sent back in the first four overs, where Pakistan were three for two. Kemal Roach and Jaden Seal was absolutely going nuts. Uh, Barbara Azam and Fawaz Alam, they both scored half centuries with Alam retired hurt on 76 not out. Uh, Barbara Azam got out for 75, Kemal Roach taking three wickets. Pakistan currently 212 for four. Uh, that was on stumps day one and then uh, yesterday day two we got completely washed out. So as of now, um, Pakistan will be trying to push for a win. I think West Indies bowled well from what I saw. Again, it's very tough to watch West Indian tests from Sydney, even in lockdown with the massive, crazy time differences. But uh, from what I've seen, it's been quite a disciplined bowling from West Indies. But it's been good batting after the first four overs from Pakistan. Um, I think Fawad Alam, what a player. He keeps on scoring runs when... Pakistan are in trouble and you really got to think WTF is wrong with Inzamamul Haq and all the past Pakistan selectors who did not um, recall Fawad Alam I think it was dropped in 2010 or 2011 uh, from the Pakistan test side and he would have to wait for over uh, I think it was dropped in 2009 sorry I think it was dropped in 2009 when they went to New Zealand. Since then, he had, to, he had to wait for over 10 years to get recalled. He is currently, what, 34, 35, I think? He's 35 years old and 318 days as of uh, current recording. And it's absolute crazy that he hasn't, um, you know, played more test matches. 